Welcome to the Exponential Potential Podcast with your hosts, Claire Oatway and Jennifer Evans, with expert guests sharing inspiring and uplifting stories, groundbreaking, rule-shaking ideas, fresh perspective, powerful top tips and tools on an array of topics designed to help you thrive in all areas of life. Hello and welcome everybody to the Exponential Potential podcast and today I am joined with my fabulous co-host as the expert guest, (laughs) (laughs) introducing Claire Oatway. Hi Claire. Hello. Hi Jen. You're looking radiant today. Sorry for everyone who's on audio but Jen's looking fabulous. Thank you, darling. And right back to you as well, because you are. We both, I think we're both full of energy. Is, is that a cue that if you're missing this, go to YouTube, find us on YouTube, and then you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on YouTube at Exponential Podcast, if you're oh. interested. So today we are talking about the hidden dangers of chronic stress and burnout. It's a very serious subject. Um, so. We'll be diving in about what that looks like, um, how to notice it, because that's really key, and what you can do about it, um, as well as some other things. But it it is something that so many people um, suffer with. I know a lot of clients, and as do you, Claire, um, who are in the throes of feeling burnout or at least overwhelmed and anxious so it's a really important topic and it's something that Claire is incredibly passionate about about um so we're really excited about bringing this episode to you and hopefully bringing you some really good tools that you can use to help create calm and feeling grounded and all those good things So a quick introduction to my fabulous host, because we don't often do this on our podcast, but Claire is truly a highly experienced expert leadership and strategy consultant and coach for experts, high achievers and entrepreneurs who are ready to elevate their business with a strong, positive growth mindset. So welcome, Claire. Thank really, you. Been really looking forward to uh, to this episode because I know it's going to be so beneficial for our listeners. Yeah, and also it it truly is because there there are so many people that that are suffering and don't need to suffer. Um, in terms of the, our conversation today, you know, I'm going to be really honest that I burnt out very badly after ignoring years of, of signals and we'll go into that in a little bit more depth but I think that it's almost a uh, side effect at times should mm-hmm. definitely have a health warning of being a high achiever of being somebody who strives who tries to do the best and, and keeps going it's you know there's definitely um, a high level of risk in in many women that take up leadership roles especially so mm-hmm. yeah really important Yes. Yeah. And uh, men get it as well, don't they? But there's, there is a lot extra, I would say, that's piled on top of women. Would would you agree with that? Yeah. And I don't think it's just, um, I don't think it's just around 
some of the additional roles that we take on in the workplace and outside the workplace. And I'm not even just talking about familiar roles, <laughs> all of the extra duties that seem to be the office housework that women pick up <laughs> because we do, we don't say no. Um, but also it's around the belief systems that we um, grow up in and we get promoted through. So, yeah, when you when you'd mentioned the word overwhelm, um, kind of that triggered me a little bit because you know overwhelm makes you feel like you can't cope with the stress and you should you should know how to cope with the stress and you should keep going it's like you're just overwhelmed so you can't cope so you're not good enough for the job and women really feel that a lot more than than men do typically I'd say Mm. and actually there's um not so long ago it just reminded me there's a really funny film called Hysteria so it's a bit rude it's a bit saucy (laughs) it's quite extraordinary (laughs) but but not too long ago back in the early 19th century 20th century sorry um and prior to that up um women were seen to be hysterical where you know so that is carried within us isn't it that I can't be seen to be overwhelmed I need to be seen that I've got my stuff together my together um otherwise I'm just some hysterical woman that's you know oh you know just being a woman emotional emotion emotional (laughs) exactly (laughs) I've just been an emotional woman (laughs) so we kind of pretend don't we we put on this no I've got to have my stuff together I've got to have it all together I've got to be you know this together woman otherwise I'll be seen as this pathetic woman yeah we and I feel that it almost makes me yeah that kind of hits me hard that it's a real bullshit rule isn't it and it's like in order to prove my worth because I wasn't born with a penis I have (laughs) to suck it all up and be like superwoman and be super strong and you know for for many for many years and she still is Wonder Woman is like my Avatar. Mm. I love it and people would like give me little Wonder Woman things it's probably shaped by my hairs like this as well um but I adore Wonder Woman as uh as a superhero and as an icon for many reasons um but actually I've got I was given a piece of art and it was Claire and Woman Wonder Woman and described all the brilliant things about Claire. It, you know, you've probably seen them before. They're, they're really gorgeous. Um, so loving, kind, strong, in the shape of Wonder Woman. And um, at the time of Brenner, I rejected it. I completely rejected it. It's like, no, I don't want to be. I don't want to be seen as. This is ridiculous. And it's, you know, very, very, very negative um, view of this concept of Wonder Woman because it felt that it was a way of trapping me into a persona that was so deeply unhealthy. Mm. Sorry, mm. diving straight in there. Mm. Yes. So, <laughs> how? What was the moment that you realised? Because you mentioned that you've also went through burnout. So, what was the moment when you realised? you were experiencing burnout um the first time that I really labeled burnout as burnout had been a time when I was sat on my sofa at home and had stopped 
and it was the first time that I'd stopped. Um, and I felt empty. I felt like a husk. It just didn't feel like there was anything left in me or, or to me. I felt small and flat and didn't know, just lost, just deeply lost and and broken and um and for for a long you know for a long time I've been able to work with stress and push through stress and then you have a holiday and then you change a project and then you just keep going keep going um but this was this was a this was so much different it was you know kind of raised to the ground almost Mm. felt there wasn't any coming back and you know kudos to um a paramedic at the local gp practice because i'd gone to to him say look i you know i'm really struggling can i have a week off and he said no you need a month go away just like and when you have that intervention then you realize you've you really truly have pushed it too far Mm. And isn't it amazing, though, how far we do push it? Mm. Like to the point where your GP said, no, you're taking a month off. You need a month. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, literally the, well, an hour before that, that meeting, I'd been running a six million turnover business responsible for the lives of 40,000 patients with 200 people working for us and and families and all of the safety elements that that go with that um and you know chronic stress is a is symptomatic of working within the within the nhs because the environment's not great um but actually it's it's quite looking back it was um really quite a dangerous scenario not just for me but for potentially for other people mm. so, yeah because you're not you're not functioning are you at that point no in no. Not thinking straight so so what were some of the early signs for people that you know because we, we miss it don't we as well it creeps it creeps up on us and we kind of accept it as part of life I think that's yeah. that I think that's really an important part for people to sort of notice these things as well isn't it to to not just brush it under the carpet and think oh this is just life it's just stress because yeah. it's not just stress it's no. putting your health and well-being in danger well it it is and your and livelihood yes. and your career and your family your relationships and your shelter your re- everything everything yeah um was was broken at that point um and for probably you know I'd always been somebody who as a high achiever quite ambitious was you know, pushing myself along a kind of uh my mentor had said you know you're you're not somebody who's content to burn the candle at both ends you burn it in the middle as well <laughs> <laughs> Um, but actually, you know, there's some great trappings of success in that. So, mm-hmm. you know, the promotions, the opportunities to talk, you know, kind of always say yes as, 
as I went. Um, but there were other signs around the stress. So the irritation with other people, uh, that definitely got stronger and stronger. <laughs> so um, when, when you were in it, mm. you didn't necessarily notice that that's what was happening? No. So, no, because but now you can look back and reflect on it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I used to describe it as, um, you know, quite in in a pictorial sense. If you imagine a valve on a machine that kind of goes to red for warning, and the the stress levels are almost kind of creeping up and creeping up, and you know you go towards red, and you look at it and you think, oh no, it's okay. It'll it'll keep going for another week. It's fine. They keep pushing and like, oh, it's um such and such's fault because uh, you know, Tyler had been a pain in the ass and so that's one of the reason why I was being really bad or you know, it's just not sleeping very well or you know, or there's a holiday coming up. And so you get used to just ignoring that little warning sign and almost like colouring that bit in amber, because it's not really red, it's it's amber. And then you let it go further. Um and actually, the way that your brain responds then is it stops recognizing the stress as stress. Just treats so it more you, as normal. So, I just, so your brain stops recognizing it's as, as stress as stress and you yeah. normalize it. Yeah. Yeah. So, what were, so you said, um, so some of the signs that you overlooked, one was irritability. What were some of the other signs? Uh, definitely elements of paranoia. Definitely elements of paranoia. Um, I had retreated as well quite a bit um, to my office. So I'd spent more and more time locked away uh, because that felt quite manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I felt secure. Definite tearfulness. Um and that had come through and and unfortunately uh at the time and I yeah, particularly because I've been through other stuff in my body um I'd started to hit perimenopause as well so the tearfulness you kind of go oh well I'm just you know in my 40s <laughs> is that is fine double just whammy yeah, yeah um but actually you know that that comes through as a a strong element of of stress um, a lot of doubt too, and you know, really deep questioning of your direction, deep regret. So you feel emotions so strongly. Um, I'd a, about I don't know about nine months before I'd completely broken down. I was at a as at an awards. Ceremony. I was actually up for you know practice manager of the year in a brand new category. So it was like yeah. Um, and then a couple of days before, Steph was taken into hospital, really unexpectedly. Um, he developed an ulcer behind his console and had been away over the weekend racing bloody cars. And then he came back and said, "Oh, uh, the doctor sent me up to the hospital." It's like, "Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, the hospital is keeping me in overnight." Right, so I'm about to go to Birmingham. I've got three national talks and a national conference. I've been talking, this is like my fourth year, 
talking out loud. So that's quite a, not a following, but, you know, a reputation for talking. I'm up for this award. Pat, what do I do? Mm-hmm. So, no, you know, this is you. You need to you need to go. It'll all be fine. You know, kind of mum will take care of it. da, 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 da. And I went and, um, you know, the talks went well and everything else like that. And uh, unfortunately, I came runner-up at this big event. And I just was hysterical. <laughs> it's like, and then really embarrassed because it wasn't because I'd lost. And everyone's like, oh, no, you were never, you weren't going to win because you're too close. Oh, no, no, no. So you did brilliantly. You should deserve the win. It's like, no, it's not that. It's the, what the hell am I doing here? What the hell am mm. I doing here? Why am I not at home? This means nothing. So you've mm. got all these internal conflicts that start to come through as well. And with, um, with this, you know, kind of, and this is probably something that people can relate to, as the stress has been going, so the inner chatter has been getting louder and louder and louder. So the judgment was coming through really strongly. Um, and, you know, that, that's one of the reasons why I'm, I've done so much research around this concept of inner saboteurs and these inner voices because my inner critic had turned to a bully. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter what else was going on there. It was amplified internally in my head and kind of, not that that had accelerated, but that had deepened the damage um, and had probably switched the stress over towards burnout. Because mm. as you're saying that, you know, that inner critic, that putting what you're constantly judging yourself um and having almost these arguments or this I love you know a bully in your own head yeah and that just feels really heavy and and that's really stressful and then you get into that downward spiral don't don't you and it's really difficult to get out of because it's constant you're constantly battering and beating yourself up aren't you from a mental point of view yeah, and you, you're always second-guessing what other people might be thinking, what they might be saying, what they might be mm. doing. And and so kind of that, when that's going on, you then start to get more um, of this defence mechanism. So you kind of, you know, shoulders back, no, no, under control. And you, you become more um, robotic because it's a, a way of, defense not necessarily from anybody else but from your perception of what other people might be thinking or or saying it's bloody exhausting actually Mm. and and also (laughs) because you're judging yourself so badly you think that other people are judging you as well yeah yeah Mm. Yeah. that makes sense and then Um, the energy the energy that you put off when you're in that place as well the energy that you're giving off in that space you it must have created a quite a lot of um conflict and and struggles with relationships both in and out of work well it um it had uh so kind of i've always been 
quite a patient and tolerant person and you know I've grown up with two brothers so yeah I'm used to um I used to be in the peacekeeper as it were but, mm-hmm. and and so that had split not so much that people were walking on eggshells about me but you know they, they were cautious um and in a work situation it you come across quite forceful um so people not get out of your way but they kind of just you know, sometimes you feel like you're being more productive because you're getting stuff done you're not you, there's no nonsense bridging stuff through <laughs> but yeah it's, it's um really is quite damaging on those mm-hmm. on those relationships for sure so talking about team you know how it affects people at work and team dynamics so how does it impact on on in your own experience how does it impact leadership and team dynamics when you are in that state of burnout um so you you become you get caught in uh kind of quite fixed thinking patterns um so you can be quite quick to judge others mainly through your own sense of security or lack of security so you can project um blame and criticism just as quickly as to others as you are on yourself or in a situation um which means that you're not always looking for the empathy or trying to focus on you know what the patterns are underneath you're so you're fixing but you're not understanding you're not being curious <laughs> everything that we've been talking about here um you're you know, so another image that repeatedly came through for me as a bit of a warning sign was um and again it's, it's very graphic but I'd felt like a sow so a, a female pig with lots of little piglets just Sucking, 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 sucking all the time. So I just felt that I'd been sucked dry by other people, you know. Totally drained. Um, yeah, yeah. Then you kind of go, well, you need to look at self-care more. <laughs> and again, you know, it was your fault. <laughs> um, but you you feel resentful of other mm. people. And, um, and so at times that can lead to criticism or blame or them. It's them. It's not necessarily you. So... You know, it really does have that big impact and it doesn't necessarily bring the team together and at times when you're in that leadership role um people don't always uh challenge that directly and as leaders you don't often have people ask if you're okay either mm-hmm. So there's not space for that conversation either, let alone you know, how much you'd want to role model it. It's you, know, you just don't have the space or the time to reflect on, on where you are. So it's it, it's highly dysfunctional for teams. And as a leader, when you feel like that, you it must feel very lonely that you're you're alone, that you don't have the support that you that you need. And because I, uh... Because it's sort of it's 
did you did you view it as a weakness this you know even did you when you realized that you were in a burnout phase or you were really chronically stressed did you see that initially as as a weakness um if I can be really honest I didn't have space to see it as a weakness because I saw it as proof that I wasn't good enough to be a leader so it's a weakness yeah you're not yeah because you're not good enough but that was the story that you then told yourself well I'm not good enough because if I was good enough I wouldn't be I would be able to manage the stress I wouldn't be feeling like this so clearly I can't be a leader that must have been really um well how did that thought if you remember how did that impact you that that would have added more on top is wouldn't it in terms of that negative voice deep deep sadness really mm. deep deep you know what am I here to do and then also um the voice amplifies the criticism or perceived criticism of others because you're like well actually you start to connect up the dots oh well they were right and then they were right they were right and if you didn't believe you were good enough as a leader, that belief would then affect the rest of the team because you would lose your confidence. You lost confidence in yourself and your abilities. Yeah. yeah. Um, i got to say that yeah, there are two other really big triggers uh, that had, for me, um, been hugely damaging. Um, and other people will have their equivalent as as well. So so one was that we were going through some family therapy. Um, so you know Ty's adopted. So we wanted to help him to prepare for that conversation, you know, for those conversations mm-hmm. and those changes as he moves to adolescence. And in therapy, um, we then went through our own therapy first, <clears throat> which was it's yeah, talking about the fertility process, the adoption process stress at work uh previous emotionally abusive relationship so all these skeletons that i'd put in the cupboard as a resilience no no i can go through that and go through that all of a sudden those came pouring out Mm. uh, and my legs were taken from under me so i didn't have that core strength because i was having to face some of the past traumas same time and then similarly another trigger was in another part of the country another practice manager had um committed suicide which wow gosh. was just like whoa and you know again rare enough thankfully to be shocking but actually I had known of many people in their 40s and 50s who'd had heart attacks, developed cancer. You know, I wasn't near that. Um, but actually, I could understand how lost she may have felt. I would drive around at crazy speeds, late for meetings all the time, on the phone. So you know, it's only for the grace of the universe that something hadn't happened. and. It was just a massive, what am I doing? How did I get here? Mm. And then slump, everything gone. It's just, um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> what? It, it doesn't say that. You don't say that. Yes, yes. That's really like, 
this is a I did did warn you listeners it was going to be a serious episode but it is such an important one so on the upside of that what actions and actually I want to ask a question but I'll ask it later but if I forget could you remind me I want you to reflect back on the positive elements of that burnout and where it's brought you today so um if I don't ask you that bring that up in conversation because it's a really I think that's an important question so from a practical point of view um what actions what steps did you take to address your burnout to bring you back to yourself so so the two most important actions one was actually listening to the medical advice and the doctors (laughs) yeah Uh, so they offered counseling and support as well so take all of that because that creates um structure and and space to realize that you're not aligned you're you know you're not functioning as a biological entity <laughs> so, so grab that the second so grab, is grab any expertise help therapy that is offered yes yes, yes. and you did yeah and talk to family and friends because they so after it had first happened people said they didn't realize how stressed I was and I can understand that because shoulders back highly professional yeah just leading and leading and for close friends they don't know how to approach the conversation even mums don't really know how to approach the conversation because you don't want to verbal <laughs> so reach out and they don't have to say anything they just have to be with you and remind you that you're you but you have to take that first step to to call and say hey you want a coffee because <laughs> they want to help they don't know how but reach out to friends family um the space oh sorry Right, it's interesting because we've talked about asking for help before and it always makes you go a little bit, oh, little, yeah. it, for most for most women it makes us feel uncomfortable because it is, yeah. it's again part of that proving I'm independent, I can do it alone. You can, but do you want to make it easier for yourself or do you want to struggle more? And I think at that point you were ready for any help that you could receive yeah yeah and and I think it's important that what you said I want to just reiterate what you said was people want to help they want to be there for you and they want they're there to listen that's why we have friends and family certainly friends not always family but certainly friends good friends are there to support each other so yeah yeah so reach um, out to people, get all the help that people are, that you can get professionally. Get outside in the open air, mm. and you know whether it's just walk and walk and walk, or sit <laughs> and watch. Um, so a lot of time spent in the garden or in the you know fabulous countryside around us that makes a, a big difference. Um, and it might be cliched, but I actually went into churches for the first time in decades. 
decades. I wasn't brought up a Christian, and I'm still not a Christian. I have a different belief system. Um, but I felt a need to connect to something that was far bigger and far greater because I it, it just felt like that was a, a huge void. Um, so actually that, for me, had triggered a lot of different exploring in, in terms of um, well, that's when I first discovered Gabby Bernstein and, mm-hmm. and Oprah's spirituality and, and things that had been, you know, in me but unexplored for a, for a long time to help me kind of realise that actually it's not all about this ego. It's not all about this moment in time. It's not even all about me. You you do you become really myopic. You need to kind of connect back that you are one piece in you know, an in, infinite puzzle but you're only one piece and so that means that all those resources around you are there to help you as well but need to look out so spirituality was um a very strong feature that that came through for me um and then on the physical side yeah actually supercharging the vitamins and supplements (laughs) Like you wouldn't believe that's that again um my first marker that I'm overstressed is that my toenails look a bit shabby and aren't touched up <laughs> which is a really visible marker so I don't know why I ignored that so much but it's a marker that my self-care starts to slip uh and it goes through to diet and it goes through to sleep and it goes through to all those other elements so nurturing your physical body is one of the practical ways that you can start to recover and come back from mm-hmm. wherever it doesn't have to be at full burnout okay mm-hmm. it definitely works very well it's the... mm. and what you were saying about spirituality I I was brought up a Catholic um and I rebelled at 14 and refused to go to church but I know the feeling that you mean when you go into church and not necessarily when there's a service going on but you just go when there's nobody there and there's just such a lovely sense of peace and harmony, isn't there? There's an energy yeah. there that's very yeah. peaceful. So serenity. Yes, yeah, serenity. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, that's a nice segue into our next episode as well about divine feminine power. Uh, so we'll be talking about that in our next month's, our next themes episode. Is there anything that you would, so you're talking about supplements and things and and obviously you're not a nutritionist or anything like that, but what did you find that helped you in terms of supplements and vitamins and and nourishing, nourishing your body with? Yeah, yeah. So definitely around, um, definitely around the evening primrose. And as I've mentioned, kind of with the timing, perimenopausal and stress, wacky, hormones are just going absolutely everywhere. Um, The vitamin B, you know, really getting a great vitamin B complex. Um, For sleep, magnesium is a really good uh, supplement for sleep about half an hour before you go to bed. It worked for me, again, not as a nutritionist. 
but it's it's a it's a really good one and I think sleep is so important to help your body to naturally rebalance each time um yeah and just being really conscious about the fact that alcohol and the sugar and I enjoy both um (laughs) are actually kind of really fast burn so they lead to slumps more quickly than you realize and Mm -hmm. so just becoming more conscious that you know don't have to stop eating the chocolate (laughs) sometimes you can't (laughs) um but actually there's a consequence if you do so mixing up and bringing in you know more proteins and nuts and Mm -hmm. just to try to have more even energy throughout the day rather than the slumps because everything is just so heightened and have you noticed you mentioned there I just want to pull that through again um when you were in that in the throes or in the in feeling burnout and chronic stress you mentioned you were also sort of perimenopausal as well do you think that's something when women go when women go through burnout or sort of exceeding their having you know running on empty let's say Mm -hmm. do you think that there's a link or there's a tie-in between perimenopausal menopausal and that and and burnout um I'm not sure how much of a link there is but because of some of the symptoms because of some of the emotional symptoms because of some of the impacts on sleep I think when you have them both together you you ascribe symptoms to perimenopause instead of to stress mm-hmm. and vice versa and they both you know they clash against each other and kind of make everything much bigger um so I think yeah, you know, when they both come at the same time, just need to be really, really careful. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and and I know for myself going through menopause, I had very little symptoms, and when I noticed what I was eating, that had a massive impact. You know, I had aches and pains. I very rarely had hot flushes. Um didn't have many sleep pattern issues because I wasn't in a situation of stress so I think the 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 perimenopausal can heighten the burnout but the burnout can also heighten the those symptoms because you can move through menopause with much more ease than we do and I think that high level stress um certainly enhances and amplifies that yeah. Is there anything um, else? Go on, sorry. Oh, yeah, I was going to say there is probably something else that I could bring in. So, if, mm. you know, we've talked about the social, we've talked about the physical, um, we've talked about the universal aspects um, and the emotional aspects, but the the other one is probably the mental side as well and rewriting. What do you mean by re- rewriting? Uh, free writing, really. Oh, f- sorry, free. Sorry, free. Thanks. Yeah, I've talked a lot about that that voice, but actually kind of putting it down on paper, giving it space to, to express, just letting it go, um, letting it flow out of me and being able to look back at it was, you know, was a complete changer. And then, of course, moving on to other structured writing exercises that we definitely don't have time for now. But it's, um, but you need 
the release, you need to externalize mm. that voice. And writing is yes crucial. Or was for me. Mm. Okay. Any and is there anything else you want to offer? I, I do want to say to before you add anything else at the end. Um Oh, there was a question that we didn't answer, but I'm not sure we're going to have time. Just before we answer that question, I just want to say, if you want to dive deeper into coaching with Claire, um, there's a special call to action where Claire's inviting you to dive into coaching with her with a strategy call, especially if you're an aspiring leader or seasoned executive. It's a really great opportunity for you to explore self-aware leadership and unlock your fullest potential. Um, so I highly recommend you book a strategy call with her. She's fantastic. And the link is in the description. And let's just come back to that final question that I now remember that we I mentioned. So through all of that through your whole journey of chronic stress, burnout, how you were behave, you know, how that manifested in created struggle um, in your life. But looking back now, what were the positives as you look back through your journey? What were the positives of you actually going through that? Um, so the, the positives for me were around... breaking a cycle so really starting you know I think if if it hadn't happened I'd have continued and I'd have continued at the pace and the, the level and you know we'd, we'd still be here except I'd have more grey hair more wrinkles and probably less healthy um because I I needed that and my pattern needed to be disrupted I think it really challenged me to examine my belief systems about myself, my worth, my relationships, um, and to examine the belief systems that I'd grown up in. And kind of both of those are really strong elements that I bring through. You know, whenever people talk to me about leadership and strategy, I really encourage them to go deep 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 to themselves and to lead themselves first before they lead others because it's truly the only sustainable route in my view um and to really see the value and encouragement that I can offer to others that their ideas are valid they're worth they're, they're brilliant and and that encouragement side um in a role as a as a coach and a consultant as opposed to kind of being in the thick of it all of the time is is a much healthier balance for me and it means that I can kind of really help others to do everything that I did without necessarily the impact <laughs> that I have yes on myself on yes <laughs> yeah and your, and, your, and because you went through what you went through you're able to be of assistance to other people through your experience. And do you feel that you're making a much bigger impact than you would have done if you just stayed doing what you were doing? 
Hell yes. yeah. Yeah, I look, at, I look at the entrepreneurs that I've worked with and how their businesses are growing and I look at how individuals grow and I look at the work that we do together. We'd never, we'd never have touched on on this. Yeah, it kind of created different ripples then. But actually, um, I do feel that I am more aligned to who I am. Um, and bringing that to, to many, more, many, many more people. Um, which is just a great place to be. Mm. Brilliant. And I got to meet you. Yes, yeah, <laughs> well, that would have never happened. There's there's always, a, there is, no matter how dark the days seem, <laughs> that when we have no idea of what you're going through right now, we have no idea of the positive outcomes that can occur through going through a, a difficult, journey a difficult situation yeah but really uh what I hope that our listeners get from today and and you know I know that this has probably been triggering for a lot of people um and highly personal really as a as a journey but what I hope we get from this is that you feel that we're a virtual blanket to <laughs> say it's okay mm-hmm. not you got you you're okay just breathe and take that next step um and also that it will get better it will get better mm. take those steps and do it and ask for help mm. Mm. thank you claire thank you very much for listening everybody i i'm sure this has helped many 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 people and um thank you for being so vulnerable claire that was uh like you say it's a very personal journey so so we will see you or you will hear us or see us next time on our episode exponential on our podcast exponential potential (laughs) (laughs) till then have a wonderful day bye for now see you Bye, bye 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 Thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your comments and feedback. And if you've enjoyed it, please click on that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up and feel free to share. Join us for our next episode of the Exponential Potential podcast. Ignite your potential and thrive in times of great change.